Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. I've been talking about Christians getting the victory in their lives. and I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I've really failed. But that's not God's plan for my life. It's not God's plan for your life. God wants us to achieve success. But we have to do what? We have to use our, the F word. Faith. Can you please God without it? No, we have to have faith in order to please God. Because it requires us to believe in Him. God is looking for a people who will operate in faith and who will take the Lord at His word. This is His word, the Bible. Right here. How many have one of these? How many have a phone that has one of these? All right? This is something that you need to get to know intimately because when you get to know this intimately, you also get to know God intimately. It's the two are joined together. So it requires that we study. We show ourselves approved. Again, we have a Bible training institute here on Thursday nights. We have a, a, a prayer night on Tuesday, a prophetic etiquette course and, and I call it a course it's really not what it is it's it's where people go in and exercise the gifts and Julie Ariama is just an awesome teacher and she's so loving and kind to people and if you feel like you have that gift get in there and start using it and she will help you with that we want to see more of that in here in fact this morning I've already had two people come to me and tell me that they had words they're not for this week they're going to be next week so, because it, it's perfect for what next week's message is. And that's what I love about God. He gives us that opportunity to decide, all right, is it for now or is it for later? And I appreciate all of you who say, you know, you guys know what's going on in here, and you give us that option of using it, whether it's this week or next. But I'm believing God is going to do great things in this church. How many could use a little more of the Holy Spirit? How many could use a lot more of the Holy Spirit? And that's our prayer. It really is. So, I also shared last week about the number 17. Cheryl Salem told me via the text that that in the ancient Hebrew stood for victory. 2017 is a year of victory for God's church. For His bride. How many believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? You are his bride. All right? Now, it doesn't always make sense because guys are sitting there going, I ain't no bride. Well, you're still a bride of Christ. Jesus is the groom according to the word of God. And he's coming back for us. How many think that's going to be pretty soon? So what do we need to do? Be ready ourselves, but also what? We just saw the red box. Proclaim the word. How many people know somebody that's not saved? Where are they going to go if they die? That should be reason enough to get off our soapbox and get on the red box. You've got family coming, most of you this week. Friends, maybe you've invited coworkers to dinner. Get on your red box. Talk about Jesus. They may tell you they don't want to hear, but they do. In their spirit, they know, hey, 
there's something going on. There's, I'm wrestling with something. I don't know what it is, but I need answers. And you've got them. I've got them. We've got them. Get on your red box. This is what it means to be a risk taker. Amen? I believe that we're entering what could be the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe God has been preparing this church for just such a time as this. And we're going to reach multitudes. We're going to reach them in Gaylord and all across the globe. I believe that with all my heart. But we have to do our part, don't we? We have to exercise our faith and believe God for bigger things than we've ever believed before. As I was reading recently, I ran across uh, this prophet's prophecy. His name is Doug Addison. He's from California. and In his uh, blog, it's called God's New Assignment. It's time to possess the kingdom. Are you with me? All right, listen to what he said. November is a time of restoration and revelation. The shaking many people are experiencing, have any of you been experiencing that? To your core, right? Some of you, because you've been telling me about this. The shaking many people are experiencing is designed by God to shake open things that have previously been sealed. Now is the time for the seals to be revealed. Doug asked this question, have you been seeing the number 333? And I, I couldn't help but go back to October 29th because we preached the message from Jeremiah 33.3. Call upon me and I will tell you things that you did not know. Secrets, one of the translations said, I will tell you secrets that you did not know. Hallelujah. Right now is the time in which God is revealing more to you for your new assignment that's coming from heaven. Man, I should be hearing lots of shouts. How many of you are praying? We had, he's not in here this morning, but we had 13 at prayer last Sunday. And I was pretty pumped about that. I was downstate. I was listening to some different people. Uh, I went to a, what they call five-hour synergy. We had 600 pastors show up to listen to Jim Cymbala from Brooklyn Tab in Brooklyn, New York. Powerful speaker. Down to earth. i have been telling people he, he grabbed us with one hand and slapped us up, and with the other one he loved us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You know that, right? Because sometimes we need discipline. And as I sat there listening to this man, he starts talking about their Tuesday night prayer, and I'm thinking, yeah, we have prayer. We had 13 show up. This is Thursday that I heard this guy. And he goes, yeah, we had uh, 1,200 show up for prayer Tuesday night. And I just went, ah. (laughs) We can improve. If you really want to hear what your assignment from the Lord is, you need to be pressing in. And I'm not saying just at church. Hear me. This should be a daily routine somewhere in your private personal time where you listen. And God can give you your new assignment. Because He has something for you to do. And I believe that with all my heart. 
This, uh, Doug goes on to say, your book of life has been opened, and this is a time of transition, as new angels are being assigned to help you. And I, I heard a little bit about that this morning. Uh, the ladies were saying something about angels being released into the body. Do not focus on the storm or what things might look like in the natural realm. Can I say that one one more time? Do not focus on the storm or what things might look like in the natural realm. Know that God is establishing you right now, and you will indeed make it through this time. Now, I don't know what you're going through. Some of you I do, but I don't know what all of you are facing. Some of you have some real hardships that you've been struggling with. And God just wants you to know, your time is now. Say that, my time is now. Hallelujah. Many are going to come out of this time, and I love this part, and I'm almost done with what he's saying. Many are going to come out of this time in an entirely new place, new level, new authority, anointing, and fire. Hallelujah. Even though things are shaking, remember that God's kingdom cannot be shaken. And then he shared Hebrews 12, 28, and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. The Lord is doing something in His church. He's doing something in this church. Each one of us has an assignment, something that He wants us to do. We need to determine what that is. We need to begin to be that risk taker. Be willing to put ourselves out there. And I'm going to get into this a little bit more next week, but I just want you to understand that God wants all men to be saved. Not just some of them, all of them. But it is a choice. Every person makes it. Whether yes to the kingdom or no to the kingdom. It's always a choice because God gives us free will. He didn't want robots. He could have just said, boom, Mike, you're saved. Shelly, you're not. Sam, and I'm not. Yeah, I know. I had to pick on somebody. I'm just picking on you. He could have done that. Or he could have just said, boom, the whole of humanity is saved. But he wanted us to be able to have the freedom to make that choice. To decide, do I want God or do I want what this world has to offer? And how many know the world always lets you down? God will never let you down. Hallelujah. The victory belongs to God Almighty. And nothing is able to prevent His kingdom from coming on earth as it is in heaven. We know that because Jesus already won. Amen? With that thought in mind, the thought of victory, I want to ask this question. What does victory look like in God's eyes? If we're to get the victory, or as Cheryl said, we already have the victory, what does it look like? This question, I believe, fits comfortably with the title, Risk Takers, Mold Breakers. If we're to know what victory means to God, we have to ask another question first. 
One that will lead us, I believe, to the answer that we're looking for. And that is, what's important to God? Think about that. What is important to God? As I thought about this in this last week or so, it really struck me. There aren't that many things that God thinks are important. Jesus, when asked, what are the greatest commands, what did he use? What was the first one? It's up behind me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's part one. God has to be number one in your life. Number two, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So the first one, God. God wants you to know him and his love. God wants you to be intimate with him. He wants to have a relationship with you. How many can say amen to that? You know, it's okay to, I had somebody tell me this recently, and, and they said, I was having a really rough time, and I, I closed myself in where nobody could hear me, and I just started yelling at them. I think I even might have cussed at them. You know what I said? God can handle that. God can take that. He's got broad shoulders. After all, he created you. It isn't going to take him by surprise. Now, I wouldn't do that frequently. He's bigger than you. But it's all right to share with him as you need to share. That's what he wants. He wants a real relationship with you. Not some Christianese kind of relationship. Thank you, Claudia. If the rest of these people were cheering me on like that, we'd really be feeling it up here. <laughs> Thank you. First part, love God. Second part, the most important things to God are people. People. Point at yourself and say, I'm a people. God loves us. He showed us just how important people are in John 3.16. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, we hear it all the time. Ah, God said he'd be back, but he isn't. He's never coming back. No, just be thankful that he's dragging his feet. Because the reason being is that some of you and some of the people out there still need to repent of their sins and come to Jesus as Lord. God wants all men to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If we repent, turn from our sins, and turn our lives over to the Lord, we will be saved. Amen? And it's by God's grace we're saved. It isn't anything we can do. I hear it so much. Well, he's a good person. That's not going to hold up when you're standing in heaven before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's one question you're going to be asked. Did you receive? 
salvation. Did you accept the free gift that God gave you? The gift of His Son. And if you say no, that's it. Well, that's pretty harsh. Why would a good God do that? Because God cannot allow sin into heaven. And there's only one way to see that sin disappear, and that is under the blood of Jesus. You've got to say yes to Jesus. You've got to turn from your wicked ways and come back to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. Period. He's the only way to heaven. Hallelujah. That's how much God loves us. So knowing that people are so important to God, what else pleases the Lord? And I ran across this next part. We are called to pray for and preach the truth. Red box. Man, they didn't know I was going to say this this morning. Red box. To those who have yet to meet Jesus Christ, we are their salvation. We carry it in us, Jesus. I spent a long time last week talking about that name. What is it? Jesus. Jesus. Let's say it a couple more times. Jesus. Jesus. Who's your Savior? Who has made a way for you to get to heaven? And he's the only one that can do it. And we carry him. We are his ambassadors. We are little vessels that carry the King of kings and the Lord of lords everywhere we go. Whether it's in the school, the workplace, the church. Some of you need to remember that when you come to church. Remember to bring Jesus. Don't leave him at home, okay? All right. Let me read this, 1 Timothy 2, if you have your Bibles. This is more or less my my main scripture passage here. 1 Timothy chapter 2. And I want you to listen to the Apostle Paul as he gives Timothy this very strong instruction. Listen to this first verse. I urge you. What does that mean? Shane? If your dad tells you, man, I urge you to do something, what does that mean? You better do it, right? It's important. This is important. And Paul is talking to his young protege, Timothy, saying, I urge you, first of all, this is the very first thing, first of all, say that, first of all, to do what? Man, we can't get away from this thing. The P word. Pray, 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 pray. Can you say it with me? Pray, 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 pray. Sounds like a locomotive, but I like that. When we come to Jesus, we're praying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. When we pray for our neighbor, we're lifting that person up to Jesus, and we're saying, Lord, move mightily in this person. They need you. They need your salvation. And that's what Paul's saying here. Pray for some of the people. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. How many does that leave out? Well, don't pray for the little kids. Now, if they're, if they're under six, don't pray for them. That's not what it says. It says pray for all people, including the little people. Yay! Sometimes I say, especially the little people. Because if you can get them 
To know Jesus at a young age, man, your parents, your lives will be so much easier. Trust me. Speaking from experience. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf. That means to pray for them, right? Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Now, sometimes when we pray, okay, Karen, pick it on you, you're in the front row. You're praying, you're mad at Mac. How easy is it to say, thank you, Lord, for Mac? That big lug. I'd like to slap him up, but I know I, I need to thank you. I mean, isn't that sometimes how it is? It's not always easy to pray for all people because sometimes they get under your craw. And you're like, man, i just like to give them a Holy Ghost slap. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's your spouse, whether it's your kids, a co-worker, it is not easy to pray for all people, yet that's what Paul said. Prayer must be first, and then the preaching comes. Who are we to pray for again? All people. Verse 2, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Now, I used to just run these two verses together. Like it was just saying, pray for all those in authority over you. And I skipped the all people thing. That's not the correct way to read this. Yes, verse 2 says we're to pray for those in authority over us. Who does that mean? Teachers? Sam, do you have any teachers that you need to pray for? A lot of them. The mayor? Your congressman? Congresswoman? Your pastor, hello? Hey, can I throw in here, this is just an aside. If you're riding home and you disagree with something I said, or you think that day that I was just exceptionally unfriendly, not that that ever happened. Save it, save that little conversation for after you get out of the car with your kids. Here's the thing, and I'm learning this over the years. When we talk poorly about someone, in front of our children, they're going to have a really hard time looking to that person later on when they need them. So when they need a pastor and you've just gotten done degrading him for seven or eight, nine years, and then you say, oh, I'm taking you to the pastor. <laughs> Why? You don't like him. Why should I? You get what I'm saying? Pray for those in authority. The president. Our president needs our prayers. You may not agree with everything he does. Our president needs your prayers. The incoming president needs our prayers. Please don't forget that. We need to pray for those in authority over us. Your boss, your mayor, etc. How about the police? Are they in authority? We'd see a lot less conflict on the streets if we'd remember this. Because it's hard to go out and do battle with someone that you're praying for. Verse 3, this is good and pleases God our Savior. Did you hear that? This is good and pleases our God. You want to know what pleases the Lord? Pray for all people. Pray for those in authority over you. Pray for their salvation who wants everyone to be saved, verse 4 says, and to understand the truth. Now I've got this in red in mind. 
Let me say it one more time. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. What are we to pray for? All people, and that they come to know the saving knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Red box. Get on your red box. I'm just using that as an illustration. But you have people in your life that need to hear you get on your red box. Verse 5, For there is only one God and one mediator. This is what I was talking about earlier. How many gods are there? One. One. Not many. One. His name is Jesus. There's only one God, one mediator, who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. Verse 6, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. God wants you to be free. But you have to accept the gift of his salvation. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. What's the message? Jesus. What's it about? Salvation. What's it pertaining to? Our being free. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. The message is Jesus, folks. The message that the church must keep delivering is always about Jesus. No other message matters. According to the Holy Scriptures, only He can save. Only the blood of Jesus can take away man's sins. We cannot shrink back from telling people about what He's done for us. Our testimony is important. For if we neglect to tell people about sin and how Jesus came to deliver them from sin and death, then we've neglected our primary purpose that God has given us. Man, Pastor, this is where I'm... Now I'm going to put my armor on you. I've already gone through it this week. It's your turn. For too long, we've been quiet. We've been keeping what we've got quiet. And our kids are showing us how. How embarrassing. And I love the fact you're doing it. God bless you guys. We should have been first. We should have been talking about the red box because people need Jesus. There's no other way but Jesus. If they're desperate, they need Jesus. If they need hope, they need Jesus. If they're wallowing in their sins, thank you. Some of you are awake. Hallelujah. Last verse. Paul said, I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to do what? Teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. That was Paul's primary purpose. Teach, who are the Gentiles? Non-Jews. People that aren't Jewish. Those are the Gentiles. Everybody, pretty much, except for the Jew. His purpose was to teach them the truth about Jesus. And ours is the very same today. And I love this. I don't even know why he stuck this in there because he's writing this and he said, I'm not exaggerating. I'm just telling the truth. 
And I, I, I thought about that for a minute, and I thought, why would he say that? He gets done telling them all this stuff. I mean, it's pretty powerful stuff, right? And then he says, I just want you to know I'm not exaggerating about this. This is the truth. What does it mean? He starts with, I urge you. Then he says, I'm not exaggerating. You know, Pastor Barb, sometimes she might exaggerate a little bit. Just a little bit. All right, not all the time, but her story sometimes gets bigger, especially if it involves me. And I love her right back. And, and I'll be hearing, this will get bigger too. <laughs> love you, honey. But Paul wanted the people to know what I'm telling you here. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not making it bigger than what it is. This is really how big it is. This is how important it is that we reach people with the good news of Jesus. That's our responsibility, church. This new year, I'm telling you right now, we're going to get back to the basics. What's the basics? Jesus. 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 You know, it, it's not all about fancy churches. I like a nice church. I think we're comfortable in here. I came in this morning, the heat was on. Hallelujah! Because it was downright cold outside. But that's not an absolute necess a necessity to hold church, is it? You don't have to have a, a freshly painted church with new lighting and all that. That's not necessary. You don't have to have an awesome worship team. That's not necessary. I love having you guys up here, but you can sing a cappella and still have the Holy Spirit present in that place. What I'm saying is, is it's not the building. It's you and me. We're the church. Wherever we go, we can take Jesus with us. We can preach Jesus wherever we're at. Now, some of you, you got to be careful. You know, you don't want to frustrate people you don't want to necessarily end up in jail although that day may come when we'll 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 be challenged if we try to speak the truth it's coming i think so but when we get on that red box there are people out there that need to hear what you have to say jesus can you say that name again jesus jesus Jesus. Jesus is the reason that we're gathered here today. Jesus will continue to be the reason that we meet here next week. Were it not for Jesus, we'd have no hope, no reason to meet. Period. But because of Jesus, we do have a reason to gather. For we are the body of Christ, and our purpose for His church, this church, is to teach others about Him. Hallelujah. As I begin to close, we're called to be mold breakers. We're not to look like the world when we do this. That's what the Apostle Paul was telling the Romans in Romans 12.2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will is another thing God loves. 
when you try to please Him by doing His will, man, you are going to have the Holy Spirit all over you. Now, people that are disobedient, not so much. And this is the challenge, that we find a place where we know His will and begin to obey. Mike, I'm going to share that the thing that happened to you this week. And Mike and I went up to see Gene Haynes yesterday in the hospital, and on our way back he was just sharing a little bit about this gal that was at, at the register in, a, in one of the stores he was at. And he just said, How you doing? How you doing? Now, I've been talking about the red box, and you guys are all thinking, preach Jesus, preach Jesus, preach Jesus. Mike was preaching Jesus. How you doing? Mike was on the red box. Because he was asking this woman, how are you doing in the love and in the name of Jesus? She didn't know that, but he did. That was his point, his purpose. And she stops and she goes, you know, not very good. And I might not be saying it exactly like you said it to me yesterday because my, my memory is short-term sometimes. But this much I remember. He said to her, something I can pray with you about. And she said, I would really like that. Red box. Red box. All you have to do is care enough, love that person enough in Jesus' name to say, How are you doing? And people are so hurting, so raw, that many times you'll get that kind of a reply. And then you just follow through with it, with whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do next. Was that hard, Mike? A little bit. Risk taker. It takes a risk. You're putting yourself out there. You're saying, all right, Lord, you want to use me? I'm going to do this, but Lord, I hope you catch me on the other side. And it's all right if you say it like that. God's looking for a people that will ask Him, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to minister to today? Who needs to know Jesus today? Who can I love in Jesus' name today? And let me tell you something, church, He'll show you. He'll speak to you. He won't let you down. If only you'll listen. Are you with me? Would you stand to your feet? God is so good. He loves you. He loves me. And I want to promise you this. I don't deserve it. Man, I've had days this week that I was just, I didn't even like myself. Maybe you get that way sometimes. But then the Lord put somebody in my path just to encourage me. Maybe a pastor from Brooklyn, maybe my wife who exaggerates sometimes. Now, don't be thinking everything she tells you is an exaggeration, because that's not true. I was just trying to make a good point, and it stuck, didn't it? 
because I have to go home with her. I get to go home with her. <laughs> yeah, that's a better way to put it. The Holy Spirit is here. And He wants to do some things in your life. I would like to ask Barb and your prayer partner to come up. My daughter-in-law. Her name is Sarah. She loves us. Sandy, Peggy, do you mind? We talked about this earlier. She acts like, oh, spotlight. Come on up. Is Sandy or uh, Peggy in the back room? All right. Of course she is. I'll tell you what, Julie, would you mind coming and just partner with Sandy? Don't worry about Peggy. When we were praying, the Lord said, I'm going to do some things. And obviously, one of the first things I want you to know is if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to ask Him to come into your life today. And these folks are more than willing, and I'll be up here too. In fact, uh, Brian, would you mind joining me? He didn't know I was going to do this, but I'm picking on him. Just come on up over here. We'll be up here. If you're a man and you, you want us to pray with you, we'd be more than happy to pray with you. If you're a lady, if you have a marriage that's in meltdown mode, I, I don't know. These are some of the things that kept coming to me this morning, yesterday as we were praying. Some of you are really struggling with this, and you don't have to tell anybody else, but you just need to mention to these folks marriage or salvation. You don't have to say any more than that. Or maybe you're sick and you need a healing. And I believe that God is going to move. Now, here's the part where everybody else gets to play. Last week, you told me you guys were going to be risk-takers. I had this altar full up here. We had the altar full with people that said, I want to be a risk-taker. So I'm going to ask you who said yes to Jesus last week to get up here and behind and just pray over the people that come up. You don't have to lay hands on them, but make a wall behind them so that this is sacred ground right here. This is holy ground. God's doing a miracle up here, but you guys are going to be that buffer, all right? So if that was you last week, come on up right now. I want to be a risk taker. Come on, you know how many, I should see just about everybody up here. Make a wall along this, and then if you need prayer, I want you to come up. doesn't matter what it's for. If you're part of the wall and you need prayer, get up here too, and, and just start going to these folks, and, and we'll, Brian and I will be over here, Julie and Sandy, Barb, and Sarah, and hopefully let the Lord... By the way, let me finish here. Father God, we thank you for everything you're doing in this church, through this people. You are an awesome God, and we love you so much. Just the fact you love us so much that you sent your only Son to come and take our place, to die for our sins, and to give us not just life, but life in abundance, eternal life. We have that to look forward to. I pray for every person that's in this room today that we would all remember the red box. 
that we would look for opportunities, Lord, be risk takers and mold breakers. We won't do what the world does, but rather we'll do what you did, Jesus. You were our example. Help us to, to be like you. Help us to know your will. And Lord, when we get to that place where you want to minister through us, I pray that we'd have ears to hear and eyes to see whoever that is that we're supposed to minister to. Lord, we love you. Keep us all safe in our coming and in our going this week. And as we close this part of the service, Lord, I pray there just be a holy resonance in this room. God bless you. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.